26 through 30, so you can be turning there in your Bibles or your devices as the days uh, go, and uh, let me pray for us as we begin. Father in heaven, we're so uh, grateful and so very thankful uh, for your goodness and mercies to us. Uh, we thank you for uh, this spirit of our Lord Jesus, and uh, we're thankful that there's a Redeemer and he's uh, Jesus, your very own son, and you show, so loved us that you sent him uh, to, to bring and provide that which we could not attain for ourselves, uh, that eternal life uh, that, uh, that Jesus Christ has offered as a free gift uh, to all who will come and flee to that refuge. You are a refuge, Lord God, and our strength and and underneath us are your everlasting arms and the, the work of our Lord Jesus in our redemption. And we give you thanks and praise. And we thank you that you've sent your spirit uh, and that that spirit has uh, indwelt us uh, to help us and aid us uh, in living the Christian life in that quest for sanctification and being set apart and and made in the image of your very own Son, uh, that, uh, that your Spirit is accomplishing what we could not accomplish for ourselves. And we give thanks and praise to you and to the name of Lord Jesus, uh, for it is a name above all names, and it is the only name uh, given uh, by you to men whereby we must be saved. So thank you and bless our time together as we open your word in Jesus' name, we pray. No, I did want to, Heather. I, I did get your message, and we we prayed on Wednesday night. But uh, they are um, uh, working. They they have some legislation to defund the police in San Antonio, and that's very close to home. And there's just so much crazy and insane things taking place these days. But I want to ask you as a church body to be praying for San Antonio and for Heather's daughter there, Natasha. Many of you know her from her being raised up here at Grace Bible Church. Uh, but it's very serious things that are taking place in our country. And uh, so we want to, uh, to do the battle in prayer and, and to, to stand against the lawlessness and the, that spirit that is uh, is very much uh, active and alive in our country and in the world today. Uh, if we know where we're headed, we know prophetically what the, the Lord uh, Jesus, what uh, the Lord our God has said in regard to uh, the prophetic future. Um, but as we see these things, we know that that uh, that the times are moving that direction, and we certainly want to. Uh, to be vigilant in prayer and vigilant uh, in regard to these things and, and not uh, disconnected but engaged as God's people in being salt and earth in the, the world today. So uh, uh, this is our country. Uh, this is where God providentially uh, put us and established those borders. And so we want to uh, be our our part as good citizens of the United States and of these things. So um, uh, this morning I want to speak with you about the certainty of our hope in Christ Jesus where we have a, a future hope in the Lord and we've been studying in the book of Romans chapter 8 um, and we finished with uh, verse 25 last week with this unseen hope that we have uh, for this future glory uh, that has been proclaimed by God's word and the promises of God's word. Uh, so I want to speak about the certainty of hope and, and just uh, take a, a look at, at God's plan through redemption, uh, not only for Jesus Christ to be our righteousness, but also for him to, uh, he's our sanctification. And God has provided a way, and our Lord Jesus provided a way through the work and the, the labor and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
So with the new covenant, when Christ was resurrected from the grave and he told his disciples, it's good for you that I go to be with the Father because if I go, I will send to you another comforter and this comforter will be the Holy Spirit who has been with you, he's telling his disciples. The Holy Spirit has been with you, but he will be in you. He will abide in you. And that ministry of the Holy Spirit under the new covenant is the, the beautiful and wonderful thing that, uh, that God has given to us uh, for that assurance of the future hope that is promised in his word. And as we've gone through Romans chapter 7 and chapter 8 and in this conflict with this body of sin and death that is in, in conflict with the, the spirit that has come to indwell us, and we, we uh, often are, are in that conflict where they're warring against one another and it causes uh, at times some uncertainty for us as believers. But the fact that this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of, the, the, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ has come and he sent this helper uh, to help us through these days, to help us in this battle that this body of sin and death will have with the spirit who longs for and loves the things of God is the conflict that we <clears throat> are engaged in. The wonderful thing is that it's that same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead that indwells you. That same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead also quickens our mortal bodies. That's an awesome promise and an awesome truth in God's word. So you know what that means? That means that Christ is the victor. That means that, that everything, all the fullness of God has been given to you, all that is necessary in sanctification and living the Christian life. And he will conquer these different areas of this body and sin and death as it opposes the spirit of God and the truth of God and the indwelling uh, Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead and certainly has power to give our mortal bodies strength to live the Christian life. So whatever areas of, of sin you're struggling with, and we all are in this body of sin and death, God's victory through Jesus Christ is sufficient. It is a very efficient salvation. And it is, that is, God is the God of our salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ is able to, to change and transform our lives that we may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God as we attune ourselves to abiding in Jesus Christ and abiding in the word of God that he's given to us and the promises that he's given to us whereby faith in the grace that God has supplied we may know victory in the Christian life. We don't have to live under the slavery of sin. We can know sanctification because Jesus Christ is our salvation, our sanctification. Not only is he our righteousness because God made he who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, and we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He gave to us, he imputed to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ in our life. And we have that. It's a gift from God. It is God's work. It is what God and God alone could do. And he's given us that and justified us and brought us through regeneration into a new life. We've become new creatures. And that spirit of God has come to dwell within us. And so Jesus is not only our, <clears throat> our righteousness, but he's also our sanctification. And that means that, that this victory that we may know in Christ Jesus is real and true and it's attained by faith and trust in the, the, the power that God has given to us through this indwelling Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from dead and now lives within us and has sealed us until the day of redemption. There will be a day when this body of sin and death is done away with. But in the meantime, this body of sin and death is going to oppose the, the spirit of the living God that lives within us as new creatures. And we're going to have that battle to, today, and we're going to have it tomorrow. And there's going to be things that are not conformed to the image of the person of Jesus Christ 
that God is working out and in and through us as his children. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's already a done deal. I mean, God has done that, and he's going to perform within you. He's going to perfect within you that work which he began. So your struggles with sin and this body of sin and death, and when you find uh, that, that principle within you uh, that when you would do that which is good, that evil is present within you, uh, that's that body of sin and death. It opposes righteousness. It opposes God. It opposes His Spirit. But Christ has won that victory, and He's given us certain power that we may be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our heart by faith, and that in that faith and in that relationship with the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ and abiding in Him, that we may know the victory of Christ's salvation in our lives personally. Uh, so don't walk in sin. Don't continue in sin. Grace is sufficient. It's for whatever you're dealing with. He's able to take you through those things. And I want to speak to you about that certainty of our hope that we have <clears throat> because of the work of the indwelling spirit, because of the salvation that we have being in Christ Jesus because God is imputed to us, because God is given to us, because God himself has done what is necessary for your salvation, for your sanctification as well, right? So do not uh, allow and permit the evil one to exercise authority over your life uh, because being in Christ Jesus, this, if you... If the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And we may know that, that freedom. And we may fulfill on a, on a very high level uh, what God has done in Christ Jesus because he's given unto us the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he set you free from the law of what? Sin and death. That which is in this mortal flesh we're going to carry around with us until that day of redemption comes, until we receive that resurrected body that Christ has promised to us. And so we have grace with one another and <clears throat> know that we have grace before God. We know <clears throat> that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. <clears throat> that the grace has been extended and that by faith we may know the benefit and glory of that in our suffering with Christ. And the topic here in these verses has been our suffering. But in our suffering with Christ, we consider, uh, like in, in verse 18, uh, as we looked at, we consider um, <coughs> the sufferings of this present world, of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the future glory that is to be revealed to us at the return of our Lord Jesus. There's a day, uh, there, there's a redeemer, and, and there's a day when we will know that freedom and grace. But we not only are to consider those things, but we're to hope in that unseen promise of God because it's the word that Christ spoke to us, and it is sufficient that in our inheritance, in <clears throat> the being co-heirs with Jesus Christ, uh, of that future glory that likewise in these days that spirit groans with us. Even as the earth groans for that future redemption and as we ourselves groan with, with, with uh, the Holy Spirit groans in these verses with the unspeakable words of God. And so let's read then um, from uh, verse 26. Uh, through verse 30 this morning for our passage. And in the name and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, <clears throat> but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. That's your future hope. That's the promise of God's word. That's the work of our Lord Jesus Christ in its completion. There's glory for you. Uh, glory that is indescribable and unspeakable. And, and uh, should I endeavor to, uh, to des describe it to you, I would fa fall way short. Um, but uh, God's word is true. And there's a certainty of our hope in this future glory. There's a certainty of our hope in that uh, co-heirship with Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace and who will bring in God's kingdom and his rule here on earth as it is in heaven. And we, as the bride of Jesus Christ, will be a part of that as co-heirs with him. And these are the verses that we've looked at. But notice that there in that verse 18 it said, and we, we spoke about these things in our last uh, sermons there, that, um, <clears throat> that we um, that we consider that the present sufferings, and these present sufferings are very real, uh, they're very challenging to us, but those present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with that future glory that we have that we, will be revealed to us at the coming of Christ Jesus and at the resurrection of the saints. For he was the firstborn among many brethren, resurrected from the grave, and proof positive that God's word and God's will and God's redemption, his ways are true. So, our sanctification is our certain hope because God is our sanctification in Christ Jesus. This is the work that God has done. So 1 Corinthians 1, 29 and 30 says, it has to say this, so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So this morning I'm speaking to you about that sanctification. Jesus is our sanctification. It's his righteousness that God, uh, by substitution, he took our sin and placed it upon Christ, and he took Christ's righteousness and gave it to us. And it's that imputed righteousness which enables me as a sinful man and with, with a terrible past that uh, that Tommy partially describes in the book. You'll want to read it. Um, but, um, you know, God has done great and, and awesome things, and he's given to me a righteousness which permits me to stand before God and to represent him because, because Christ's salvation is sufficient and uh, his grace is good uh, for us as God's people. So let's look then at our verses here uh, in Romans 8, 26. I want to read the verse and we'll look at this first point. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. It's interesting that Jesus said, you know, I'm going to send you this helper. And this Spirit... Uh, and he, he enables us to pray. Do you find it difficult to pray? Uh, how's your prayer life? Uh, we, <clears throat> we struggle. <coughs> and we struggle even knowing the word. We know, you know the word says, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, it, it was the, the men's retreat. I slept outside and... Uh, and there was pollens out there, so who knows what, what I got into. But um, uh, 
we have been given this, this wonderful helper, uh, this wonderful um, comfort, comforter, this, the Holy Spirit, and he enables us to pray. And uh, it's, it's that, uh, you know, we, we should confess our sins and recognize that, that we go into whole, onto holy ground uh, when we come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But we always come in the name of Christ and we always come uh, in the provision that he's made and we always come recognizing that he is our, our, um, uh, um, he is our intercessor. He's there to intercede for us as sinful people though we are. And because of, of this work that God has done and the provision he's made, we're able uh, to come before him in good conscience, uh, knowing that I have his righteousness and I'm here in the name of Christ and I can come boldly before God's very throne. It's such a privilege to us. And so we're, we're enjoined in the scripture to, uh, to devote ourselves to prayer, to pray without ceasing and, and to and to uh, acknowledge and recognize the value of what's been given to us in Christ Jesus. So grow your prayer life. Please grow it and, and endeavor in, the, in this battle between the flesh and the spirit to, to move to those times where, where your, your relationship with God is growing because your prayer life is growing. And when... Your relationship with God is growing. I don't think you can divorce it from your prayer life. You need to be before him. You need to be with him. You need to, to be there <clears throat> before the throne of grace because that's where the grace flows from, that access into this grace wherein we stand from Romans chapter 5. Uh, that access into We've been justified uh, by faith by grace and uh, from this faith and and we've been given access into this grace wherein we stand in Christ Jesus and we boast in hope of the glory of God we boast and we rejoice in God's glory and his power to do these so <clears throat> the point the first point that we'd make uh, beginning here in verse 26 and going to verse 27 is that the holy spirit intercedes for us in accord with God's will um, and this is more uh, significant and, and, and deeper than what initially we may <clears throat> look at it and think of. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is interceding in regard to God's will for you. And, and when we're going through those, those times as it's spoken of there in verse 18, that the sufferings of this present time, uh, it's, it's sometimes... Uh, difficult for us to know the will of God uh, in those trials. And the Holy Spirit is there as a comforter to you and a, as a help to intercede for you. So we want to make the point here that uh, the Holy Spirit, and he knows the will of God, whereas we uh, sometimes are stumbling in the, in the darkest in regard to, okay, what is God's will here? And so we go to God in prayer, right? And we say, well, uh, I'm not sure what God's will in this matter is, uh, but I know that I need to depend upon the Lord my God, and I need to, uh, to, to walk this direction and through these things that have been given to me, the present trials uh, in, in, in the center of God's will. That's where we want to be. That's where we need to be as God's children. <laughs> so <clears throat> then the point that we make then is that likewise the spirit intercedes groaning in our worldly sufferings isn't that amazing that, that God groans with you that in the, the suffering at this present time you know and P Peter says um, that it's for a little while if necessary. God deems it necessary to take us through these trials. And if he does, that God, uh, through the, the, the Holy Spirit that Christ Jesus sent to us, is there with us. 
that we're not left alone. We're not left. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to be there with you. If I go to my Father, I will send to you another comforter. So the Spirit intercedes groaning in our worldly suffering and all of these things where, where we groan for that future glory, we groan for that redemption of our bodies that we spoke of last week, we groan for these things that are promised in, the, in God's Word and that God has set in the hearts of all, men, all mankind that desire for utopia, for the perfect uh, political structure, for the perfect world, for the perfect existence where we can, can actually live together without conflict and without sin and without all the disorder that's in this world. God uh, has put those desires in our heart. And whether you're on uh, wherever you are on the political scale or wherever you are in, in this world, uh, that desire is in our heart. We, we long for those things and we long for, for peace. We long for for that utopia. We long for the garden the way it was, was initially intended to be before sin entered into the world. So um, <clears throat> so our, our verse there then is uh, in the same way the Spirit um, also helps our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So in regard to the, the will of God, it's, it's a mystery to us, right? We make our journey uh, through life and, and we're saying, well, what is the will of God? I don't know how many times I've been asked that question, uh, but God has a, a will and a way and a direction for us uh, as his children and in uh, his uh, word and his spirit uh, gives help for us in the pursuit of his will. So he helps us and he helps our weakness in our suffering. This is the point being made in these verses. He uh, helps our weakness. If you look, it says that the spirit uh, also helps. It, it means he... he uh, um, he lays hold along with, and the, the picture of this particular word is that, that uh, you know, if you had a, a log that you were picking up and you were picking up one end of it, that the Holy Spirit is there, he, he's helping it. So there, there is a sense, in, and I've, I've understood that in salvation, uh, that it's not God helping me save, save myself. And the same thing in sanctification, but... There is a sense in which the Holy Spirit is our help. He's the one that, that lifts that burden of suffering with us. He, he, he carries us through those times and, and has a ministry uh, that helps our weakness in these times when we suffer. Uh, he does not deliver us from in the sense that, that sometimes God delivers us from those things, but but uh, the Holy Spirit uh, delivers us through those times of suffering uh, as, as one that comes along beside. And that's the, the picture, the idea of this word. In the same way, the Holy Spirit also helps our weakness. Um, and it's, it's, not, um, it's not the weakness, it's, it's our, our weakness. Uh, it's not the, the trial, it's that our weakness that's in the trial uh, to endure. And we saw uh, the Lord Jesus um, in those times in the Garden of Gethsemane again when he prayed, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. There was the ministry of the Spirit of God uh, and the relinquishment of Christ's will. Uh, Father, remove this, this cup from me if it be your will. Uh, where he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So for the believer and, and walking in the will of God, as we're looking at here in these verses, there's a relinquishment of, of our will sometimes in our desires uh, to the acknowledgement that the will of God is the ultimate. Uh, it's the ultimate purpose. It's the ultimate uh, thing, and it's that unknown quality about it 
that the Holy Spirit helps us with here. He helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray <coughs> as we should, <coughs> but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. So uh, we do not know what we ought to pray. Uh, have you had that experience? Um, and again, <coughs> you're, you're in, uh, uh, in a, a particular trial or a particular thing going through life, uh, and there's the unknown factors there. You don't know what God is going to do and, and how he's planning to work through these things, but you know that there's, there's conflict, there's tension there, and it's ten, there's tension there because of our weakness um, and tension there often because of our lack of faith, right? Because when those trials and that suffering comes, that we're often like... Uh, plunging into practical unbelief as, as, uh, as children, right? We are talking this weekend with the men about, about that, that place of the sovereignty of God and how, well, yeah, I believe in the sovereignty of God, but, but when that trial comes, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, um, I, I, I seem to kind of put that, that truth behind me that, that God is actually uh, sovereign, and, and this is not just some chance thing that fell upon me, but God in his sovereignty has, has, has brought a, a particular trial or conflict or, or test into my life uh, that, that means that he, he has something he wants to deal with in my heart and my life. And acknowledging God's sovereignty and relinquishing our, our will to him and walking by faith means that, that we look beyond the present circumstance and say, God, you're the potter and I'm the clay. And I don't know what your will in this matter is and, and why it's this little while it's necessary for me to sin to deal with this uh, area of my life, but, but uh, you're the potter and I'm the clay. You're sovereign, and I believe that you're sovereign. And so, so the scripture tells us, uh, in all things give thanks. So then it becomes a question in our prayer and supplication with God and what we're dealing with, can we give him thanks? Can we really, in a, a practical way, express the truth that God is sovereign and that he's not only sovereign, but he cares for us and his promises are good and uh, these things that, that we do not know and that we're very uncertain about uh, do not in any way diminish the truth and the reality that God is sovereign and he's doing something that we may not understand. But the Holy Spirit, he does that, that work within us and helps us. Uh, but you know, make, let me make the point here. It says, um, for we do not know, and it, it's translated in the NAS here, how to pray as we should. There's a big question because this particular word can either be translated how or what. Um, and my, my personal thinking is that it's probably what. We do not know what we ought to pray. Um, and I say that because, because there's so much in the scripture that tells us how to pray. We're to pray without ceasing. We're to pray in accordance with God's will. Uh, so there's certain things and principles that we know a lot about about how to pray, but when those trials come, we often don't know what to pray, and we don't know what God's doing, and it's a mystery to us, um, but, yeah, okay, I'm to, uh, the just shall live by faith, so I want to believe God, and I want for him to see me through these things and these times, and so we live by faith. We live by faith in knowing what we ought to do, and, and how, uh, what we ought to pray. It's, it's a, a duty there. Uh, and our need, or it's, it's a need or it's necessary for us to pray. So what is that unknown that, that works out? And, and let me just uh, say that we, we need to drop down to verse 28 here because there it, it tells us something about what we ought to pray. Um, and... Um, you know, um, 
it's that that what that we're praying for, that unknown, uh, works out for good. Because what verse 28 says is that we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes. So, um, um, whereas we do not know what we ought to pray in a particular trial, uh, we can uh, certainly go uh, to that what that unknown is working together for good. Um, and so we, we put our hope and our trust there. The scripture says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And anytime you're in those trials and you're, you're recognizing that this, this is a, a conflict that, that God himself in his providence and in his sovereignty has brought into my life so that I may uh, be sanctified so that he can deal with, with a certain area in my life that God wants me to deal with that God is, is actually dealing with because he's, his desire for you is to conform you to the image of his son. And he's using this trial as not because the trial is good and not because it may, not, it may very well be that the, the evil one himself has brought this on to you and this hardship and this sorrow and this difficulty and this suffering, but the reality is that God is working that together for good. So we don't know what it is. We don't know much about what that good is, is going to be and how that's going to turn out. But we do know <clears throat> that it's good because God in his word and in his promise has said that all of these things work together for good. So we do not know what we ought to pray, but we throw ourselves before the Lord God in faith and by God's goodness and grace, and in that lavish grace, he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And in that giving, there's the helper, the Holy Spirit, to guide us and help us. So what, is that, what does that mean? What, what, what uh, should our view and what should we do there when we do not know what to pray? And when we suffer hardship as a soldier in Christ Jesus, but I, I do think that it, it, it means and it is the reality that we should know and uh, respect this relationship that we have with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Christ's Spirit that he's given to us. And the scripture tells us do not quench the Holy Spirit and do not <clears throat> grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, knowing that he's there in my heart and my life. And so I want to be quick to confess my sin and that he's not grieved and draw near to the Holy Spirit because if he's quenched and if he's grieved, you know, that work that God gave the Holy Spirit to do in our hearts and our lives, is, is there's a broken fellowship there because he's God and sin is offensive to him. Uh, so... We, we go to the Lord Jesus Christ, we confess our sin, we acknowledge by faith that he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we pray, God, your Holy Spirit, uh, I need your helper. I, I need that, that grace that you've given. And, uh, and so, uh, whereas we, we do not know what particularly we ought to pray about the trial, we do know that we don't want to be offensive to God's Spirit, right? I won't want to be to offend the Holy Spirit or quince Him um, or in any way grieve the Holy Spirit with my sin. And sin is grievous to God. So, uh, but by faith we're filled with God's Spirit and that's where our help comes from. He intercedes for us. So it says there, uh, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So, I mean, I can almost see a grieved Holy Spirit groaning for, for a pathetic believer <clears throat> that um, when he would do that which is good, he finds that which is evil is present within him. And man, I've offended God. I've offended his Holy Spirit and 
and God, uh, save me, for you're the God of my salvation. And so we go there, and, and the, the Holy Spirit groans for us. He groans because of the sin. He groans because we live in a fallen world. He groans because, because these bodies are groaning for, for that, that future redemption that is promised in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is there helping you. He's groaning with you for sanctification, for God's plan to conform you to the image of His Son. He's groaning with you through that trial. Uh, and the scripture says that he's, he's groaning with, and I, I love what it actually says here, they're unspeakable words, unspoken words. Uh, so there's a communication between the Father who, in his mercy is holy and, and he, he uh, is forgiving our sin and, it, and is taking us through uh, this trial and and honing and shaping and building the beauty of, of the person of Jesus Christ and the likeness of Christ in his children. That's sanctification. That's what God uh, desires to do. The Holy Spirit helps us. He intercedes in our prayers with unspeakable groaning. And I think that's a, a cool thing because you know when I'm there confessing my sin and acknowledging man, my fellowship with God is broken and I've got to restore this thing if, if things are going to run right and, and if, if things are going to be where they need to be. And, and you know that you know that uneasiness that you feel uh, when you, you haven't been in prayer and you've been going through life and you've pretty much forgotten God and you realize, Man, how long has it been since I've actually uh, spent some time in prayer and been in God's presence and, 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 and studied His Word in a meaningful way and opened the Bible and, and fed upon the, the food, the spirit, the, that which feeds the, the, the spiritual man and, and grows the spiritual life. And we come to that place and we, we realize, uh, man, there's, there's, there's that uneasiness that we that we know, and that's, that's an alarm clock. It, it tells us that, that, hey, I need to be in God's presence. I need to be in His Word, and I need to, uh, to know the Lord my God and have this relationship that He's given to us in Christ Jesus because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit Himself, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and He helps our weakness. He helps that weakness. And the Spirit of God often causes and allows that uneasiness because He's telling us we must abide in Christ. We must abide in the vine because in the vine is the life that flows through the, the branches and it's, it's where the life source comes from. And we need that life source. We need that relationship with God that comes only through His Word. Sanctify them in thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Because if the Son has made you free, it's made you free indeed. And if uh, we abide in Christ and His, His Word abides in us, then, uh, then there's, there's that life. Uh, he is uh, the vine and we are the branches. Without Christ, we can do nothing. The life source comes from Him. It is necessary for your relationship with the Lord Jesus to be built upon the Word and upon the Spirit of God that groans for you for these things to unfold in your life. The Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us with the burdens of our suffering. And this is a wonderful truth, and it's what Jesus gave to us. Uh, remember his words in John 14, 16, and 17. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So here was Jesus, and he was helping the disciples. And think about it. The disciples were a mess. They were just a mess, just like you and me. And, and Jesus is getting ready to take him. Mean, he's, he's parting him. Mean, he's departing. And he's telling the disciples, I'm departing. I'm going to go. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to go away. And, and they're saying, wait a second. You know, we, we need you. Um, but not only is Jesus, and think about this, something, something again we were talking about with the, at the men's uh, retreat um, or advance, I should say advance, Ron. Uh, the men's advance this weekend. Um, but 
here's Jesus. He's departing. And, and these disciples, I mean, from any human perspective and anybody's perspective, they'd say, wait a second, Jesus. Now, you're going to leave the, the health and the advance of, of your kingdom and your purposes in these guys' hands? Now, wait a second. <laughs> There's something wrong with this picture here. Uh, they're not ready. Lord, Jesus, you can't leave now. They're just not ready. But Jesus is saying, I'm going to send to you another helper. And, and it's good for you that I go away because if I go to be with the Father, I will send this other helper and that he may be with you forever. Isn't that awesome? What an incredible word. What an incredible promise from Christ. That we're sealed in the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Forever. Forever we're going to know the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Forever we're going to know that person. He is sweet and beautiful. And it's wonderful what Christ did. And this is all part of the, of the new covenant. It's part of the work that Christ did. It's part of the amazing thing that he did for us. It's part of the reason we praise him and we give worship to the Lord Jesus. And we, and we, we come, we, we, we have this time together uh, that is immersed for it's Christ in you, it's his spirit in you that is the hope of glory. Is this, these promises... The spirit of truth, that he may be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Wow, that's awesome. The spirit of truth, we have it. It's been given to us by the, by the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, by the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it does uh, whom the world cannot receive him. The world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. That's the new covenant. That's the, the grace that God has given to us. It is an awesome thing. It is a thing that, that the Apostle Paul brings from Romans chapter 1 in the horrible situation that we're in. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one, none that seeks after God. He carries us all the way from there to here. And here is that God has given us a, a helper, this Holy Spirit who abides with you and will be in you. He's telling disciples, he's with you now. I'm going to leave and you guys are, and I think Jesus pretty much was pretty truthful with them, you know. I mean, uh, but, but Jesus looked beyond. He knew what they were going to be. He knew what was going to happen when the dynamic of, of the spirit of the living God indwelled their hearts and lives and abides with them forever and walks with them. He was with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, was with believers under the new covenant. The Holy Spirit indwells the believers. He lives within us. Um, I know that Jesus lives. He lives within my heart. There's a truth in that song. His spirit is abiding in our hearts and in our lives. And it's the power of God. That same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead quickens my mortal body. That's where my salvation is. That's where our hope is. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's his spirit that is there. That is within his people. And it's, it's that process of that, that reality that he is our sanctification. He's the one. That spirit, that helper that Christ has given to us was sufficient. It was sufficient enough for Christ to have complete confidence that to leave his kingdom with those 12 disciples, which makes no sense to any of us and any person looking on from the human perspective to say, hey, my kingdom is in good hands. It's, it's because the helper that is with them it was sufficient to carry them all the way to martyrdom for the testimony of Christ and the power of the gospel. All the way. Uh, they went all the way. Because of the, the Spirit of God and the work of God within them through Christ Jesus. So 
He asked the Father, and that spirit will be with us. Let's look at verse 27 then in regard to, and, and it reads, And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So what does the <coughs> Holy Spirit, who is our helper, do? Well, he, uh, he, he intercedes for you and for me according to the will of God. So that question of what is the will of God that often, so often gets asked, what is God's will in this situation? You know, we're walking through in our journey of life and trials come and suffering comes and the, the first thing that, that believers usually ask is, God, why is this happening to me? Why does this happen to me? Um, but the reality and the truth is that we don't know. You know, we don't know why, uh, why that person's baby died. We do not know uh, why uh, God, who's sovereign and, and, and completes in his sovereignty and in his power and in what he's able to do as far as protecting us and keeping us, uh, permits such things. We, don't, we do not know what God is doing. I love the verse that, that uh, Dr. John taught us uh, when, at our men's retreat. And he said, uh, uh, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? We don't know. We don't know what God, but we do know one thing. We know that his promise is good and that he works all things together for good. He's constantly weaving. He's constantly working good and bad life, all things together for good. And he, we're in the, the, the potter's hands. And in sanctification, God is, is doing this, this wonderful work. And God searches our hearts. You know, I always think about this. Do you know that, that God, that God chose David uh, as, as, not only as king, but, but to, to be uh, the one through whom the Messiah came. And when God chose David, let me ask you this. Do you think that, that he knew that David was an adulterer, that he was going to commit adultery? you think that he knew uh, that, that David was going to go so far uh, and, and commit murder. And uh, if he did, if God knew those things, which we know that he did, uh, then why would he choose David if, if those things were known? Uh, God knows our hearts. He searches and knows the hearts. God didn't, didn't this didn't slip up on God. He, he knew those things about David and he planned what he was going to do in David's life the whole time. And when he searched David's heart, it wasn't that God was discovering this, this thing in David's heart for God's sake. He was revealing that to David. As the master potter, he was saying, David, you have to deal with this. You have to deal with this issue. And it's such a, a serious issue you have to, uh, that God had to do something very serious and radical to get David to repent and to turn away from something that was residing in David's heart, even when he, uh, uh, when he established his covenant with David, knowing all of those things, he did those things. And I mean, it's the truth. The truth is that God knows all your junk. The truth is that God is sanctifying your junk. The truth is that God is working all of these things together for good to purge them out of your life. My question, my, my thinking, my thought is that learn the, learn the lesson quick. Learn it vicariously if you can. You know, deal with it. Deal with it. So that the consequences, because the consequences of sin are always death. And it's always going to produce, look at what was produced in David's life, what happened to his family, what happened to his kingdom. You know, it just, it's death. Sin is always death. God wants us to deal seriously with the sin problem that we have in our lives and not try to hide it. He searches the hearts. 
God, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth to, 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 that he may be strong and strongly support those whose heart is completely his. David was a man after God's own heart. He loved the Lord. You know, how does that, how can this be? There's this conflict of, of, of who David is. And he's both of those things. His flesh was that, but his heart, his spirit was that as well. <clears throat> and there's the sweet spot of God's will for your life. And his will is to deal sometimes radically through trials, through suffering, through hardship, with the sin in our lives because he desires to sanctify us. He desires to, to make us and, and, and conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So we want to hit the sweet spot in God's will, right? Sometimes we don't know what it is when we're going through that trial, but we want that, to hit that sweet spot because there in that sweet spot is glory. There in that sweet spot is peace. There in that sweet spot is joy. And so don't let the evil one deceive you. Don't let your flesh entice you and move you away because the greatest thing that we can seek after, the greatest thing that we can know is the, the, the plan, the will of God that he has for you. And he has called us to these things and we may walk in them because he's made provision for all of these things that he called us to that they might be done in and through our lives. The power of God, and there will only be boast in one person, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, because he did these things through us. He is the God of our salvation. We don't have any place that we can go to boast about how good we're doing in the Christian life, because however good you're doing, there's more work that God wants to do. And he's going to take you from one trial, one situation where he's working in your life into another one. And it's going to continue until that day of redemption when this mortality puts on immortality and this body of sin and death is done away with. The perishable puts on that which is imperishable and will not fade away. It's the salvation, the redemption of our bodies in Jesus Christ. So the Spirit and the Father have one mind. The Spirit is, is not uh, unaware, <clears throat> and, and this communication, it, it's a beautiful picture of the communication of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and their work, and they're in concert working in your life. The Father is there with the plan. He's searching your hearts. He's dealing with these things by trials and tribulation and whatever else is necessary. The, the Son is there at His right hand interceding for your sin. And the Holy Spirit is there interceding in your life and doing this work. The, the, the Trinity of God is working on you for, for sanctification. Isn't that awesome? That is amazing. So, I mean, there's no question about the certainty of our hope that we have in Christ Jesus. So... Uh, the Father delivers us from and through things. Sometimes God just removes things from us. We pray, we cry out, we're going through this trial. Maybe it's some enemy or some persecution or some, uh, so, something that's happened in life. And we don't know, but we're praying. The Holy Spirit is groaning for us. Sometimes the Father in His power and His salvation, He just, he just removes it. He takes it from us. Sometimes God takes us through it. And the Holy Spirit is there as we go through our trials, our sorrow, the process of sanctification. And so the scripture, and I take you back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Certainty of our hope. The sons of God, there's no condemnation. There's a certain being led by the Spirit of God, being taken through the trial, being taken through the hardship. And I don't know what to say, but I do know that I want to be in the center of God's will and the Holy Spirit is interceding for me. He's groaning for me. He's, he's doing a work for me as my helper in regard to, okay, where do I put my foot? Which direction do I take? How do I order my steps in accordance with your word? How do I know the salvation that comes when we fulfill the will that God has for us? 
in a world that's in rebellion against him. It's going to be hardship, but it's beautiful and it's glorious. And it's a future hope that you have to know the completeness and the fullness of what God has called you to, what he has ordained for you, that we may prove the good and acceptable will of God, that we walk in the light of his truth, that we may know the fullness of that salvation that is in Jesus Christ, the eternal life that has been given to us freely as God's gift. The Spirit intercedes for us to understand and to pray according to the Father's will. Okay? He, he enables us. And it's there, it's, it's that time in prayer, it's that time when we, when we move with, with our studies of God's Word, with the reading that we have in Scripture to the Father's presence and by, there by His Spirit that those things are communicated to us through our, our to God and with God uh, through His Spirit. There's a, a sweet spot, a place that's there uh, in regard to God's will and the strength and the fulfillment of that because the Spirit is interceding for us to help us to understand and to pray according to the Father's will. Let God's Word and the Holy Spirit guide you. Let Him direct you and take you through these things. So Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and disclose to you what is to come. He's speaking to his disciples there, but that's the ministry of the, and the help of the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into truth. He will guide you into the Father's will. He will guide you into what you were created for and what God redeemed you for and the fulfillment of, of our our relationship and who we are. In John 14, 26, it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He didn't leave them as orphans. There was a helper, the Holy Spirit. And that same helper is there to, to help you and to guide you and to strengthen you and to help you through. It's, I can't tell you how many times and how often in, in times of counseling I'm going to, God, I, I have no idea what to say or how to address this particular issue with this person. And, and it's like, <clears throat> okay, God, you called me to this. Uh, I'm called. You called me to this. Providentially, this problem is before me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, but, you know, I've learned to have confidence that God will quicken you. He will enable you. He will do through you what he's called you to do. And, and that's confidence that we should have as God's people, not in ourselves, but in him and in Christ Jesus and in the provision of the salvation that God has made for us. Wonderful things, wonderful truths in, in God's word here for us. I want to finish with these things. I want to finish with them quickly so I may come back to them next week. But <clears throat> there's, there's uh, four points that I'd like to make off of this. Uh, and that is that we're to ask God for wisdom. <clears throat> the scripture tells us it's a promise to us. <clears throat> that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. <clears throat> okay, so God gives wisdom to his children. And there's a second point here. I'm going to go through them quickly and I'll probably come back to it next, next week. Uh, we're to ask God in faith. Notice that it says, not as it's given to him, but, the, but he must ask in faith. It means that we should have boldness and confidence and pride boasting in the glory of God, boasting in who God is, boasting in the fact that God is our salvation, recognizing that, that God, he hates doubting. He hates lack of faith. He doesn't want us being wishy-washy and being blown about with every wave of the doctrine without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea and driven and tossed about by the wind. So often Christians are mealy and we're fearful. And God does, I mean, how many times does he tell us not to be fearful? How many times does he tell us to, to be bold and fear not and, and step out in faith Ask in faith. 
for God's wisdom, and he'll give it to you. <clears throat> and then thirdly, God, ask God according to his will. We always want his will. It's the sweet spot in life. And it's where, it's where <clears throat> the eternal life meets the temporal life. It's where we may know and experience that eternal life that Christ has given to us. It's there by God's grace and attained and, and, and lived out by faith in God. And only by faith. Because it's God that must do it. And he's not going to give that glory to you. He's not going to give it to people. It's going to be his glory. It's his power. It's his life. His eternal life that's been given to us in Christ Jesus. This is the confidence that we have, uh, which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We ask according to his will, confidence. We ask in faith. We step in faith. We walk in faith as God's people. And we know the victory that's in Christ Jesus. You can live the Christian life. And you can know the 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 fullness and the benefit of that eternal life that has been give, clearly given and spoken to us in Scripture uh, by the exercise of these truths from God's Word. Ask abiding in God's Word. <clears throat> so if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you wish and it shall be done unto you. Man, that's an awesome promise. Do you use it? Do you use this? I mean, this is, this is something that, that we ought to, use. <laughs> I mean, it's his word, his promise to us. It's the word of God. So listen, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. The father, the son, the Holy Spirit, they make our, their abode with us. And there's this, this function of the salvation of God in you as God's child through Jesus Christ and through his work. And this is glorious. And we, just, we, we should spend all kinds of time in Romans chapter 8, which I'm, I'm actually kind of doing this morning, but it's time to stop. Uh, so let's pray. Let's, let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer here. And, and ask that we may know the fullness of these blessings that have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Father in heaven, we give you thanks that in our suffering with Christ, we may consider and hope in our inheritance in the future glory that you have promised to us. And likewise, the Holy Spirit groans with the earth and with us and with unspeakable words to you, our Father. Thank you for the sweet Holy Spirit 